Hey, it's producer Michael Miracle here with a quick word of thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast. It's folks like you who make this workplace movement work. That's why we strive to highlight great authors and experts who bring phenomenal insight on how to bring Jesus into your workplace. Share this podcast with your friends, family, and coworkers, and together we'll make the I Work For Him mission a success. Thanks again for listening. Let's start the podcast. Welcome, everybody. We're here from our flagship studio in Tampa Bay. And you've tuned in to the fastest one hour in Christian talk radio. Babe, I love that. I've been waiting all week to say that line. I've every time, ever since I was here. Now, you guys might guess I am not Jim Braggenberg, but we are uh, guest hosting. I'm Dr. Raul Serrano, and I'm here with my awesome wife, Jessica Serrano. Hey <laughs> and uh, before we get going, check us out. I mean, you could check out uh, I Work For Him at iworkforhim.com. That's I work. The number for him.com. Go to the website if, if, while you're out there. And when you're out there, you know, consider, just prayfully confi- consider joining the I Work For Him Nation. What is the I Work For Him Nation? That's a, a, a group of believers that are just praying for their coworkers, their employees, and they're just committed to praying for them by name each and every day because that you might be the only Jesus they ever see and they ever meet. So, Pray for that, and, uh, and if you're interested, like I said, go to the website, iworkforhim.com. Today, my wife and I, and we also have Connie, the brand ambassador here in the studio with us. Hi, guys. <laughs> uh, we're going to be discussing the topic of the intersection between God, work, and family. I am so pumped up to talk about this. So, um... First of all, I just want to thank Jim and, uh, and, and Martha for giving us a spontaneous date, date midweek date time. Yeah, they basically it? gave us permission <laughs> to leave our jobs and our family and our kids and come here. So we had a great lunch, got to chat, Barnes & Noble, awesome. got some books, <laughs> hanging out together. So thanks, Jim and Martha. Yeah, we, um, you know, we got the opportunity to do this and, and we looked at each other like, uh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to take time off and be together. Yes. <laughs> so, um, so with that... Uh, we we want to discuss, you know, what what is what we're seeing in our lives right now. What's going on with the people around us, and some of the, the I don't know if it's problems or issues or some of the things that we're encountering. And we don't want to kind of walk through that with you guys, and and by the end give you some hope, some encouragement, and and some actionable steps they can take uh, take take away from this. So. Yeah, so right now, Raul and I are really in a season where we're surrounded by a lot of working parents with kids and families. And I think there's really three problems or maybe obstacles that we're seeing in our jobs. So the first one that we're noticing is we know some really amazing um, business owners, community leaders that are amazing leaders within their business, but it's not always translating to their family and their spiritual life. So they're these amazing business leaders, but not necessarily spiritual leaders in their home. And they're really struggling with that. Um, and a lot of wives are you know, commenting about that struggle that they're seeing. The second problem and something that I've struggle with personally is just sometimes having that mommy guilt. If you are a working mom and you have small kids at home and you feel like you have been called to serve in the business world, but you're just feeling this guilt and how do I raise my family? How do I be a good mom and kind of fulfill this purpose that I've been getting? And the third one is that I think we've really been given this picture as um, working parents that we're like these jugglers and we have all these different balls that we're trying to keep in the air constantly. We have our family, our spouse, our kids, our home, our work, our purpose, and we're just throwing these balls up in the air, hoping we don't drop anything. And I think we're just in this reality now that they're not separate entities. And what's so great, um, Roel, and I love how you call this intersection between God, work, and family is 
we're here just to share that there is a common thread. And just to equip you guys as family, maybe it's just a change in mindset to help you stop juggling so much and really just live the purpose that God's been given you. Yeah, and today, like I said at the beginning, we want to just offer some hope, some tangible advice on how and where all of these come together. But but let, let's back up a little bit. So Jess, uh, typically at this time, <laughs> well, what does that th- uh, three o'clock look like for you typically on, 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 a, on a weekly basis? Yeah, I think if just everybody said what they did at three o'clock every day, you would learn a lot about where they're at. So let's see, three o'clock. If it's three o'clock on Monday or Wednesdays, it's a very special time in our house, quiet time. So the kids would probably be napping. I'd probably you're reading a book, having some quiet time. However, the rest of the week, three o'clock for most moms, I think is car circle time. So I'm usually checking my emails, picking up the kids, running around. So this is a nice change in pace. And I want to be at your house at three o'clock. <laughs> right. Yeah, Nap that, time. It's sacred. That's Let's you go to your house. <laughs> that's because you don't see what happens before three o'clock. I know. <laughs> it's the homeschooling. It's the preparing for them. Napping is a necessity. <laughs> So, Roll, what about you? I know three yeah. o'clock is pretty crazy. Well, for, for me, it's, uh, you know, I'm literally we're in the office, three o'clock, it's, it's, it's almost go time. At 3.30, we open our doors and, and patients start flooding into the office. So at three o'clock, and it's, it's a rally time with our team. We're looking through the schedule. We're, we're chatting about who's coming in, what are their needs, and, and when, you know, how can we fill those needs. And, and that's kind of what it looks like for, for me at three o'clock. Um, but today we're here and, uh, and, we're, and we're talking about the intersection between all of that and where we left off with that was talking about, okay, we have this family life, we have this work life that we've, we've been giving or called to, and then there's God, right? And, and one of the things that we, early on as a family, I think we kind of both agreed upon was that there was an intersection. And one of the things that we saw, and we've, I guess, always been taught is that, hey, we should, there should be priorities in our lives, right? right. Like, like, how do you prioritize? Like, what comes first? Is it your family? Is it your finances? Is it your health? Is it God? Like, where does it come first? And, and what I kept on seeing was that a lot of people would put God first, right? And, and while that was good, we, we, we thought, you know what? We're not going to put God first in our family, and most of you out there are like, what? Most Christians what? are like, Ooh. No, no. What we said, we decided was we can't put God first. God has to be in the center of all we do. And when when you take that perspective, I think it changed a lot for us. I mean, yeah, you know? and I think it was hard too. I think it's Covey who helps you prioritize. And, you know, I had my master planner and I had my list of A priorities, B priorities, C priorities. And, you know, for a while I was doing really well. It's like, oh, well, I will wake up, make God first. So I'm going to wake up at six o'clock and make sure I read my Bible and check it off my list. God was first. And I think what was happening is, although he was first, he wasn't being encountered the rest of the day. So really when we shifted our mindset to not God is first, but God is in the center, it really changed our outlook on everything. Yeah, and if you th- think about that, right, if you're looking at God as a priority, as he is first, then that means, that inherently means that he can fall out of first, right? Like that means he's not staying first. So when, and that's what we teach this, this is one of the core values and beliefs we teach in our in our office to our staff, our kids, our family. It's like God's not first, he's in the center, he's the core of everything we do. He is the life giver in our, in our family. So, um, so yeah, Connie, you have right. something well, on that? Right, well, like you just said, when you place them first, sometimes it's like you've got a list because we're all organized. And once you check that box, he's done. Right. So your perspective of having him as central part adds him to your whole day instead of he's not just a checkbox that you're marking off as your done thing. Absolutely. That is amazing mindset to have. 
And yeah, and, and when that happens, when we did that, what happened was the way we vi- we viewed our family and our work changed. So I know Je- Jessica was I mean, when she talked about that, and we talked about this together. I love the way she put this when it comes to our work and our family. So babe, can you can you share that? Um, well, I was just going back. I know your verse this year talks about being the branches and being connected to the vine. So just seeing as those different components of our life as branches that we're always connected to the life source <clears throat> there. And as far as when we make that shift in our mindset, it creates a different view of our work and our family. So where that intersection happens is you suddenly start looking at your work as a mission field. And I know um, they talk a lot about that on I work for him, so plug for that. But yeah, your work becomes your mission field. And then when you start to view your family and kids in that same context, suddenly they become the missionaries. So you are now raising up people and children that are going to be, you know, missionaries in their mission field someday, that we are image bearers for him. Yeah. And and so then now we've taken a step further and, and now we have to look at us as a couple. When we came together, it's two different backgrounds. We have two totally different upbringings. God put some different wants and heart and, and and just passions in and each of our hearts. And by some different, you mean everything. It's completely the opposite. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Opposites attract, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, you, you need a negative and a, and a positive uh, magnetic field oh. to, to come together, right? <laughs> we won't I, ask I'm not saying I'm a negative. No, no, no. We're, we're not <laughs> I was thinking magnets. I was thinking <laughs> magnets, how, they, how, how closely together they come. Anyways, so when you look at that, you start looking at what it looks like to, as a couple, as a married couple, to co-mission. You know, my our pastor, I, I, he did a, a great uh, uh, message one day. He talked about, um, you know, when, when two people come together, we think we're meant to complete each other, but really we're meant to complement each other. And, um, and, and, and it just, when you start looking at it, it's like, we're here to complement each other. God brought us together to co-mission, not to be on to these two separate missions. So um, I, I just loved that thought. <clears throat> we were just... Um, just, just talking about what it looks like when, when, when two, when two married, two people come together, they get married, and they have these different passions in their heart that God's put in there. And instead of them going in different direction and having different missions, what does it look like to co-mission and and where that starts? And for us, it started with the core belief that God is not first, second, third in our lives, but He's in the core of everything we do. And and then from that, we had our different passions, and we came with our we. They basically put together our family mission statement, statement, I guess you could call it, purpose statement. So, Yeah, so for us, um, and of course this has evolved over time. It's been six lovely years of marriage. So I think we've kind of solidified it and written it down. It's something that we talk about, we pray over. But our commission as a couple um, and really our passion and how we're going to serve the community is is to help families and kids thrive. So what's so so cool about that mission is it it's where our hearts are and it's where we direct our marriage and um, put our resources. But also what's so neat is that God has created us in such different ways that we're so unique that the way that we reflect that purpose looks very different in our careers. Yeah, and and I want so when you when you talk about helping families thrive, helping kids and families thrive, I mean that's everything we do. So now. When Jessica or myself are doing anything, we kind of filter through that through that lens. When, when when we're asked by people to do things, there's a lot of good things we can do, right? There's a lot of good opportunities. But for us, a great opportunity is anything that goes back to what we've been called to do by God, and that is to help families and kids thrive. So so that that could be spiritually, physically, mentally. And I love what you said there at the end. You said you mentioned purpose, right? It's um it's what we've been called to do, and a lot of people are always talking about purpose you know what is my purpose and I, I just recently heard this by uh it, it was it was from the book dare to serve by by cheryl batcher 
And in her book, it's all about serving. And the way she put it in the book, it says, the point of purpose is to determine how you will serve others. If you don't have a plan to serve others, then you don't need a purpose. I just love that. I'm going to say that again. So she said, the point of purpose is to determine who you will serve, uh, how, excuse me, how you will serve others. If you don't have a plan to serve, you don't need a purpose. So a lot of us are sometimes thinking about what's my purpose. I think the question we should be asking is not what's the purpose. It's like, who am I put here to serve? Who's your people? Who's exactly. your people? Who's God Who's God calling you to serve? And, and and you just look at the example, right? Jesus, like he was the greatest example we ever had. And what did he do? He came to serve. That is what he, he came to do. So... So with that, I know in our lives, Jessica, it looks very different the way we serve with our talents, our gifts, our callings. And um, so, so can you jump into where God's leading you in this next season of life and you know, how, to, how you got to, 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 to that vision that you have now? Yeah, so I think really one of the first questions, and it's almost like an innate answer that comes out, but who does your heart break for? So what is, who is that group of people um, that you've always been compelled just to love on. And for me personally, it's it's been kids. Um, even before I had my own children, it was uh, being an educator. So I switched my major. You know, I was studying um, psychology, specific child, uh, children's psychology, developmental psychology with a minor in statistics. And I started going that route in college because I loved people and I loved studying kids. But it got to a point where I felt that I was simply diagnosing and not really making a change. So I switched my major over to education. And, and since that point, um, I've just been full-fledged into learning how to educate and love children. So what that looks like today <laughs> is, and it's evolved over time, is um, we, I'm starting a school with a friend of mine called Ignite Academy. So we decided to start an elementary school. And it, it's not something I, you know, my whole life, I just can't wait to open a school. It's my um, heart's desire. But, you know, you get to a point, especially uh, I've worked in public education. I love public education, but there seemed to be a ceiling on what I was able to do um, to help kids really reach their potential. And it was that frustration that, you know, birthed this dream in me of what if there were no limits? What if I could um, just do what I was passionate about, surround myself with really passionate people and get rid of some of those barriers and just see what would happen? Um so, of course, after a lot of prayers, God just orchestrated uh, people in my life that had the same vision. And um, we started to figure out what this thing was going to look like. Yeah. And, and so, so with, with the school, what are, what are, they, what are, like, what are the core beliefs? What, are, what, is kind of the, what makes it different than, than other schools out there right now? Yeah. So when you look at education, um, I think we do a really good job at looking at kids and um, kind of having an outcome for them when they turn 18. So, you know, we, we have our curriculum and our schools based around getting a high school diploma, getting those test scores so that they can move on to college. So it's a preparation for college. And I think what we sometimes do is we equate that with success. And I think the better question is to really ask ourselves, what is education for? And what kind of children are we raising? What do we want our kids to look like at 30 years old, 
40 years old and 50 years old because success Hmm. at those ages is a lot different than a high school diploma. So what we did is we thought about what does that look like? You know, we want to raise healthy adults. We want to raise them with a purpose that they're giving back to their community, that they're healthy. So how do we back up at age five and what can we teach kids and what kind of environment can we provide for them so that they have that success at 30, 40 and 50 years old? Yeah, because that's the foundation. I mean, if, we, we, we sometimes don't think, but at, at five, six, seven years old, you're creating the foundation that you're building everything else on. So if you build healthy habits, I mean, we see it all the time with our families, right? Um, a little bit about our family. We have our three-year-old, we have a five-year-old, and we have a nine-year-old. And our nine-year-old is actually uh, my sister, which we've taken in uh, a little over three years ago now. And when she came to us, uh, she, she unfortunately wasn't the picture of health, right? And... It, her, her her typical meals were McDonald's, uh, Subway, just like eating out all the time. And, and, and in the first six months to a year, I mean, we just saw the dramatic shift in her lifestyle because of what we're teaching her. And then not only that, we saw some pretty amazing things happening with her health. I mean, she came with, uh, I remember when we first did, we had to go in and had to sign paperwork with the doctor. And they literally handed us over a bag of pills and said, like, this is what this is what she needs and she'll be taking. And and, to, and within six months, she wasn't taking any of that bag. I mean, it was asthma medications. It was anxiety stuff. It was stuff for her skin. It was, it was I mean, on and on. And and that's the foundation. Now, it's funny because you see her and you ask her, you, she goes to the grocery store, she picks up the, 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 the things to the food and she's looking at the ingredients and she knows like, like yeah. we've created a foundation that's going to now allow her to be healthier for the rest of her life. And I think that's the foundation you're talking about. Well, yeah, we really want the school environment to support parents and families. We want it to mimic the environment that you're creating for your child at home. I mean, you're sending your kids off for six hours a day, five days a week. That's 12,000 hours Hmm. in a classroom or education. So we want that atmosphere to be something, you know, that mimics what you want to do for your kids. And that means, you know, giving your kids purpose. It means giving them health spiritually, mentally, and physically and providing that within the classroom context. And, of course, at this school, we really want to come alongside and support and equip families. And how do you raise a world changer these days? Awesome. So right now, uh, if you're listening in, I'm Dr. Raul Serrano, guest hosting here for Jim Brangenberg. And uh, my wife is here in the studio with me. This is Jessica Serrano. And we're talking about her vision, her passion, what God's put in her heart and her partner, Justin Gingrich. And and um, it's, a, it's the Ignite Academy. And for more information, where can they go for that? Yes. So two ways. First off, if you go to Facebook, we post a lot of our events um, on our Ignite Academy Facebook page. You can also go to our website, which is Ignite, I-G-N-I-T-E, Academy dot education, right out the full word, education. Um, And on there, you're going to find some events. One of the greatest events, if you guys want to check us out on October 26th, um, you'll see that event for a parent informational meeting. And we're just meeting with parents and business partners and sharing a little bit about our mission and vision for the school because we are enrolling kindergarten and first graders starting this January for next year. So really pumped to share that. Is that with just a local event or? How it is a local. It's over. The school will be located in Safety Harbor. So in that entire area, Pinellas County. Well, we have listeners across the country. So awesome. we want to make sure that people know that this event's local. But yes. can they get a hold of you if they want more information if they're outside the area? For sure. So our email would be info at igniteacademy.education. We'd be happy to answer any questions, and we're hoping to start as many schools as we can in the next couple of years. So what we've been talking about today was it's the intersection between God, work, 
in family. And what we're doing is we're, we're kind of sharing, you know, f- f- we started out sharing with, you know, our core value early on in our marriage was the fact that we wanted to be, to have not God first, second, or third. We wanted him in the center of our marriage. We, we wanted him to be central to everything we did. And uh, and when he brought us together, you know, we didn't want to have these two these two missions, which we see a lot, unfortunately. When, pe- when people get married, there's different uh, passions in their hearts, and but the husband's going one way, the wife is going another way, and when we come together, we're really we believe we're called to to co-mission. We're called to be on a mission together. So to, for that to happen, though, you have to have that family vision, that mission for your family. That what is it that you're doing? It doesn't have to be necessarily in your work, but 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 whatever that mission is for your family, that then leads to everything else you do. So today on I Work for Him, we've been talking about the intersection between God, work, and family, and we're gonna get right back to it. Uh, we, we were discussing our families and our co-mission and we were just got done discussing Jessica, my wife, and her vision that, that God's placed in her heart, and that's the Ignite Academy. And um, and I just love that because yes, it's a lot of work. She's a she's still a mom. She teaches our kids. She takes them to school. She makes uh, dinners at home. I cook st- a lot. <laughs> she cooks constantly. <laughs> These kids can eat again. I'm coming over <laughs> three o'clock and food. Love that nap and food. <laughs> So, yeah, so, and we talked about our co-mission. So just to review what our mission was, is that we wanted to help families and kid thrive. So mine looks a little bit different than how your career has yes. evolved. So I'm an educator of kids specifically. And for you, you're an educator as well, but in a different field. Yeah, and, and for me, it's a, it's educating families on health. I mean, anything, whether, whether it's spiritual health, physical health, uh, uh, their mental health. I mean, we just want to educate families on what it looks like to be healthy. We want to give them the tools, and that's what we do in our office. We um, we have we have uh, an office here in the Tampa Bay area, but um, there's a lot of offices you know similar to ours across the nation that that are there, and they put God in the center, and they really educate on the uh, the family on what it looks like to be healthy, and. Um, and, and yeah, so I just love that because that goes back to our commission, our, our values, and our and our and our belief, right? It's it's we want to help families thrive. Yeah. So as a doctor, you know, you have Ignite Chiropractic and Wellness. I have Ignite Academy. So even having that word Ignite just to always be grounding us in what our mission is. So. So awesome. one of the th- one of the things that when you look at one of the things we hear a lot, right, Connie? This is this is funny because people look at us sometime and, and they see like, wait, well, you're over, like tonight. I'm going to be at, at, at shopping, you know, taking people shopping at one of the local grocery stores here. Um, we're on the radio today. I'll be you know seeing patients in a little bit. My wife's uh, should be with the kids, and they, they just look and they ask this question. We get this often. It's the common question we hear is, "How do you guys do it all?" Right? And while while it might look like from the outside that we're really busy, I, I love like what you answered one time to that question, Jess, and and what you answered was like. It's not what we do; it's why we're doing it. And, and when you when you look at the why, that changes everything. Because we're not we're not like trying to be busy for busy sake, right? Like, yeah, I think a lot of people say, "Oh, you just must be so busy," and like it should be something I take pride in. But really, busy kind of equates to chaotic and frantic. And I I don't feel like as full as our life is, it really feels fulfilled. Yes, yeah. I mean, and, and that's a great point. And and I like uh, I know even Jim on here. He says it's. It's you look. By the way, we're not perfect. We, there, there's no way, like, you're not even, but but we do try to be intentional about life. We try to be uh, like like Jessica said. We're not prideful in, in in being busy, but we are intentional about what we're busy doing. And there's a lot of good things to do out there. But we want to try to we we, we take our commission right that it's uh, helping families thrive, 
and we say, hey, this next thing we're doing, does that go along with that mission? And what happens in our lives and in everybody's lives is that you have a natural drift that happens, right? If you're not anchored to something, naturally, you're going to drift away from whatever it is that you've been called to do. And because of that natural drift, that's why even early on, we've implemented this five-step process that we go through as a family on a quarterly basis. Jess and I will take a few days and we go away. Maybe it's sometimes it's just one day away from the kids. The family is just her and I. Sometimes it's a full weekend away. But once a quarter, we take the, these this time away so her and I can get back on the same foundation, the same ground and see what is our, our life looking like right now and is there things that we have to remove or things that we have to add in because of of, of, of this five-step process that we've, been, we, we've, we've put together. Yeah, and I think back to a lot of times when we get married and we have that wedding and we're all in, like we have that commission, we've had the conversations about how we're coming together as a couple. And for a lot of people, that's really the only time they have that conversation. And suddenly six, seven years go by, now you have kids, now you have a job. And when do you take the time to revisit and say, what was the purpose of this relationship? Yeah, so what we put, we're going to go through the five steps that we use. Hopefully this is something that you guys can, if you're, if you're driving, maybe pull over because I don't want you driving and taking notes, but maybe at some point um, you, you want to take some notes. If you're listening online, great. If you're online, this is just, just take a pen out, pull up a, a Word document and start typing away. This is a five-step process we use on a quarterly basis. We call it the five-step refresh. Over the years, we've been to a lot of different uh, events and, and read a lot of books and we've kind of picked and choose and, and what works for us. So this might not work for everybody, but if uh, but hopefully this can encourage you to, to maybe take some time off with your spouse and, and take a little bit of time to really get back to why are you guys here and why why did God bring you guys together, right? I mean, right. that's the biggest thing. We're not here to to just be the two, two different people doing different things. If, you, if God brought you together, he brought you together for a reason. There's a purpose for that. So um, you want to start with number one, the first step in that process. What does so that look like? So the first step is to fill up. And this is um, what you fill up is really what's going to fuel you. Um, so a lot of times, and just from a mommy perspective, you are giving, giving, giving all day to a lot of different people. And a lot of times we're giving out of an empty state. And we've just been really intentional about how we fill up and what we're filling up our minds so we can have that healthy overflow. Yeah. And then that filling up even starts, I kind of, I think you said this earlier, right? It's not that we don't put God first in the morning, right? Like still, but when he's in the center, if that filling up starts in the morning, a lot of times, right. how, how can you go the rest of the day? Right. And when you first thing you get up, when you get up in the morning, the first thing you do, you're on Facebook, you're watching the news. So what are you filling up with? Right. You're, you're filling up with the world. So in our family, we choose not to fill up with the world. We, we literally, like, we, just a few years back, took cable off out, out of our household. Uh, we don't watch the news. We, um, we don't go on Facebook first thing in the morning. The first thing in, our, in the morning is we start to fill up with Scripture. And, um, and I know that looks different for me than, than for you, Jess. So yeah. do you want to walk through what that looks like for you in the morning? Um, yeah, for, for me, there's a physical and a spiritual component. So I just get my body mentally prepared. For me personally, when I wake up, I'm not focused enough to take in God's work. Word. Like that's a pretty powerful thing. The spirit not is not ready person. to speak to me. So I have to just get my temple ready. So there is some physical exercise for 15 minutes, whether that's some um, you know stretching exercise. And then I feel that alertness and I'm ready to take in God's word. So then from there, um, I actually use the read scripture app. It is amazing. There's a visual component and then some scripture. I'm able just to read that. Um, I meditate on a psalm and then do my prayer and my journaling. Yeah, and then you're ready to go. And, and and what I've noticed is the days, look, like I said earlier, we're not perfect. There are days for me personally that 
Um, I, you know, these are getting far further and fewer in between, but they're the days where I used to hit the snooze button and kind of give up that, that God time in the morning. My day looked drastically different. Absolutely. <laughs> now, right. And, and nowadays it's, 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 um, like I said, it's far and few in between when that happens, those days that that happens. But it's um, but I but I feel it. I feel it when I don't have that that morning time. It makes a difference, doesn't it? Yep. Connie, do you, do you have a morning routine that I do? Um, both my husband and I, at the beginning of this year, we started doing the Jesus Calling devotion, the awesome. morning and evening one. So we're busy in the morning, so we do the morning separately. But in the evening, that's our time because yeah. and the world tries to drag you down. And it will do everything, yeah, yes. And it's, I mean, it's it's a battle out there. It's not against, it's against the world because you can be filled yeah. with bad things. So, and that's the thing, and that's why we've chosen to do in the morning because once those kids are up, like they will drag you into this world. <laughs> but um, once again, you're listening in. If you're not, if, if you're just tuning in, this is I'm Dr. Raul Serrano filling in, guest hosting for Mr. Jim Brangenberg, and I'm here with my awesome wife Jessica Serrano, and we have Connie, the brand ambassador, here in the studio. So um, step one in the five step refresh uh, that that my wife and I go through to to. to we do this on a quarterly basis to really get us back on track was to fill up and to fill up with God, with God's word. If you want to pour out, you need to fill up. So step two in that process, when we go away and we're taking that one day or, or a weekend away, step two in the process, Jess, what does that step look like? So step two, after we've taken some time to fill up and talk about how we're going to fill up for that next quarter is we measure the gap. Um, so the gap is key. And Raul, what do we really mean by the gap? Yeah, I, I love the gap because what happens a lot of times is that we tend to focus on the, all our focus tends to go on the wrong gap. And there's two gaps that we have to really look at. When we look at the gap, a lot of times we're focused on the gap ahead of us. Like we know where we want to be. We know where our goals and our, our future looks like. But when we're always focused on the future, on that forward gap, that can sometimes be defeating. Because this is what happens. When you hit those future goals and you look and you get to that point, guess what? God just gives you another goal. He gives you another place he wants you to be at. He doesn't tell you to stop there. And what we have to measure, yes, you want to have a, an eye in the future and that future gap, but you also want to make sure that you always look back to the gap that you came from. Like, look at where, where you came from because everybody, God has, has brought you through, through some things, through some places. And if you're not looking back, you're not celebrating those victories, you're going to feel the defeat of, never, of, of always looking forward. So, so you have to have that balance of looking back, looking where you came from, and also looking forward. And that's the second step in, in the process is measure the gap. When we come right back, we're going to be talking about the next three steps. And the next one for me is the most exciting one. I love this step. It is my, my favorite part. But... Before we get going, I am Dr. Raul Serrano, and I'm filling in for Jim Brangenberg, and I'm here with, with my awesome wife, Jessica Serrano, and we have the brand ambassador here in the <laughs> studio with us, Connie. Hey, guys. <laughs> <it's> <laughs> she is keeping us on track here because we can go all over, all over the place. So anyways... <laughs> What we've been talking about, we've been talking about uh, co-missioning as a, as a couple, married couple. How do you co-mission? What does that look like? And it's different for everybody. But when you come together as a, as, a, as a married couple, when God brings two people together, he has a mission for you. And that mission isn't just in your house, in, in your household. That mission is to go out, outside of the walls of your house and make disciples. You know, we, we, when we came together, we said we wanted to put God, God in the center of our marriage and what that looked like for us was that that means our work became our mission field and our kids, they became the missionaries out there. So that's what, what really infuses everything we do. And as a couple, 
for us together. We've talked about this a lot. Our guiding values or principle or mission for our lives is that we want to help families thrive. We thrive. We want to help families get better, get well, stay well, stay healthy physically, spiritually, mentally. And that's what we've been talking about today. So with all that said, if you've missed any other show, we are going through the five-step refresh that my wife and I go through every quarter to get back on track on that mission. What does that look like at work? What does that look like with our family? And to get back on track, this is what we do. It might look different for some of you, but if you want to go back and listen, you can go to iworkforhim.com. All the podcasts are there. You can listen in, and um, that's iwork, the number four, him.com. And, um, and, and you can listen in if, you, if you've missed any of, of, the, of the previous part of the show. So we're jumping right in. We've gone through step one and two. Step number one was filling up. Step number two, measuring the gap. And the third step, which I think is one of my favorites, Jessica, can you uh, share what that step is? Yeah, so we're going to talk about dreaming again. And just to put this in context, as what this refresh looks like for us is, like you said, we either take a trip, we take a lunch break, we go to a hotel in Tampa, wherever it might be, we sit down as a couple, we have some free time, and we talk about how are we going to fill up, how are we going to go ahead and talk about that gap, and then the third one is we dream again. So we grab a journal, you sit down with your spouse, and you start to dream like you've never dreamed since you were five years old. And we all know that kids are really good at this. Like, I have no problem going home asking my nine-year-old, three-year-old, five-year-old, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to do? <laughs> oh, like, man, I get like a list of 10 different things, half of which aren't probable, but we're going to go with it. And I think as adults, sometimes we just lose this. Um, and we forget how exciting it can be just to take off the barriers, sit down with a pen, brainstorm and say, God, where do you want to lead me? Where's my heart? What makes me tick? What makes me excited? What brings me joy? I, I love this. The dream again. That's a, I think I'm, I, I'm, I don't think I ever grow, I'm ever going to grow up. I think I'm like Jim. I'm a kid at heart still. And, um, you know, I love this season we're in because like my wife said, we have kids at home and I just get home and there's like forts built there's tents everywhere and i mean they just have this imagination and i remember jess and i sitting uh we had just gotten married and we're in colorado we're at the airport i think we had some type of layover or maybe it was delayed flight or something we had our journals and we're sitting there in the airport and i remember pulling out the journal and just starting to dream like what do we want like what does our life look like this is i mean we had just gotten married and i i go back to that journal now and i pull out that journal and I can literally go through that and start checking off like, look, we have X amount of kids. We have this hat. I mean, like it is amazing. We're going to be on a radio show someday. <laughs> we actually have check. that on there. So <laughs> check. Thank you, Jim and, and Martha. Um, so so this is the next step. Is it's For us, with the way we do this, we pick some categories. Our categories are faith, family, health, financial or career, and fun. And we just start dreaming. Nothing. We don't think about it. We just put a lot of stuff. Whatever God kind of wells up in our heart, we just put it down. It doesn't matter, matter if it's probable or not. We just put it down just so we can dream and just so we can see where God kind of leads our thoughts in, in, in that. So then we take those and then we have to, we, 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 we take those dreams and then we go to the next step. We say, with those dreams, we pick one or two for the next quarter. Like I said, we do this every quarter. So we pick one of two of those and we say, what in this quarter do we, do, for me personally, do I want to focus on? For you personally, what do you want to focus on, Jess? And then we start to put that into action. And the way we put it into action is step number four. And step number four, Jess? Create the habit. Now, this one doesn't sound as good, but I think the habits are going to create the action and have the fuel behind some change. 
Yeah. So we create the habit and the way we create the habit is we take that dream, we take that and now we put some specific goals. We make that a goal and now we've created a habit. And the easiest example I can give you guys is that we take that, for example, like my morning routine. I wanted my morning routine to be to be set in stone. So I've written that out and I put my alarm clock and I and I started to create the habit. Like I said earlier, I used to hit the snooze a lot. Not anymore. Now it's far and few in between the times I hit the snooze because it's created a habit which went along with the goal that I was dreaming of, which my goal was I want to make sure that I get filled up. I get fueled up every single morning so I can do his work and, and fulfill his purpose, not mine. I'm not here for me. We're not here for me. I used to be that way when I, you know, back in college. It was all about me. I was out there and we played, I played basketball and this, but not anymore. I know now what we're here to do, why I've been called to, to, to this platform that I have and it's to work for him. So before we get going to the next step, I want to uh, uh, give out the book. We have Dana or Den- Dana, maybe? Is it Denaya or Dana? From Brandon. And I'm um, sorry about the name there. But um, she has called in, won the book. So congratulations. You get two books. That's the Seven Men and Seven Women and the Secrets Behind Their Greatness by Eric Metaxas. So thank you for calling in. That is our winner today. And uh Back to the last step here in our five-step refresh. So, Jess, what is the last step? We have. Let me let me kind of review this here. So, num- step number one, we go off, we pick a time every quarter where it's one day, a few hours, a whole weekend. We get away from the kids, from everybody, and just my wife and I, and we go through these five steps. It literally could take us 30 minutes. Sometimes it's taking us a whole day to do this. But number one step is we fill up. We make sure we just get in God's word together. We start praying and then we start going to step two, which step two is we start measuring the gap. Where were we last quarter? What did that look like? Uh, We look back and then we look ahead. We say, look, what are our goals? Are we moving forward to those goals? So we, we look behind us to to celebrate the accomplishments we've had. And then we also look forward to all the exciting thing God has for us. Then step three is we start to dream again. We just say, okay, we're here now. What has God changed in our hearts? What are we doing differently? And we start to dream. We create the habit. That's step four. We take a dream. We make it a goal. We put that into a habit so that actually we can fulfill that. And then the last step is we do what? We put it in our war plan. So first off, what, what is a war plan? What does that mean, plain? <laughs> what does that mean, babe? <laughs> Sounds violent. Um, so a war plan is basically a great word for a schedule, a weekly schedule. And the reason we call it a war plan is because... Um, you know, the devil is the prince of this world. And if he's going to use anything against us, it's going to be our time. It's going to be taken from us if we aren't intentional. So we are literally at war every day for our time and making sure that we use it for the right thing. So we have a plan in place to make sure that we're being intentional with that. So whatever habit we might have or whatever habits we want to develop, we pick a time and a place that that's going to happen on a consistent basis. And we put it in our schedules, write it down in your Google calendar, wherever it might be, so that it's happening on a consistent basis. And one of the thoughts that I have with that is that one of my mentors that he he, he gave me, and Connie, I love this. He gave me a visual. He said, once you put it into your war plan or into your weekly schedule, it has to become, it's almost like driving, he said. <laughs> if there's a solid yellow line around that, if you're driving, Connie, and there's a solid yellow line, what what does that mean? You can't cross. Stay. It. Yeah. <laughs> <Don't> cross. <laughs> that's right. You've never stay written with me, so yeah, that's the purpose. <laughs> yeah, stay in the level. That stay means in your lane. You stay in your lane. So so if that when that time block comes up in your schedule, guess what? You, there is nothing that comes into that lane. That is 
time that you have set apart, you have prayed about this. God has given you this dream. He's given you the habit. Now it's in your schedule. Guess what? Now it's time to go put the work in. Now it's time to, to no matter what comes up, you have to do that unless there's an emergency, right? right? It's like my appointment every Monday morning with you. <laughs> there you go. It's in that schedule. It's that yellow solid yellow box. So so, so that's it. And what's in there now is when that's how you can look back and see all the success you've had and celebrate that. And you can look forward and be excited about the future because you know what's going to happen. You don't have to stress about it. It's in your schedule. It's just time to make it happen. So if you guys want more, Jess and I are, are putting the, the loose ends on a on the refresh ebook that we're going to give away for free. So if you want more, you can go to drserrano.me slash forward slash refresh and just pull in your email in there. And as soon as that ebook is ready and done, we will give that to you for free. So once again, how do you spell that? Can you spell that out for them? Dr. Serrano, S-E-R-R-A-N-O dot me, M-E forward slash refresh, R-E fresh. And you can also check us out on, uh, we do something called a home team, a Facebook live. If you check out Ignite Chiropractic um, on Facebook, check us out on Tuesdays and Raul and I will be sharing more of our hearts with you guys. Live on on Facebook. So guys, we have loved this. Thank you to Jim and Martha for having us on. I work for him. Guys, go to iworkforhim.com. That is iwork, the number four, him dot com and just um you can listen to all the old uh, uh, previous archives we love you guys bless you guys and we'll see you next week or jim will tomorrow <laughs> <laughs>